In this double header episode, we will catch up with two South American stars, Barbara Riveros and Diego Moya, looking at the past, present and future of Chile triathlon. And don't forget to check out the latest winter triathlon action from Asiago on triathlonlive.tv, as well as the new Going Beyond series, with Lauren Stedman meeting some of the personalities on the paratriathlon circuit. Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we welcome Chile's Barbara Riveros. With a hatful of World Series podiums and three Olympic appearances to date already, Barbara will be hoping to make it four this summer in Tokyo. It was at Rio 2016 that she finished just outside the medals in fifth, putting Chilean triathlon firmly on the map once more, just as she has throughout her career. So, Barbara, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Kai, for having me. It's a pleasure and really excited, you know, to be part of the whole community and especially you know ITU always are a huge you know um believing in myself uh if it wouldn't be for ITU I wouldn't be you know probably going to three Olympic and uh you know being where I am at the moment so thank you so much for all the help well unfortunately we have a a fine system now so if you mention ITU instead of world triathlon then you get kind of points points on your license (laughs) um but you were something of a pioneer for Chilean triathlon, right? It was really, uh, well, we have Christian Buston, you know, as a triathlete. He was uh, on hero, pretty much. He was the one that brought Chile in the, in the war, in the planet, you know. He was second in Hawaii behind Mark Allen. So that make, you know, a huge uh, boost in triathlon in Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, so we the country never really focused in the olympic distance or you know well we have one that it went uh matthias brain went to sydney olympic but he uh qualified by a white car so uh for many many years the federation didn't have funding and it was everything you know really stuck there uh luckily i have my dad that you know he always uh was a big believer of you know, we have to get out of the country, you know, uh, exposed to different culture. Like we spend a lot of the time in America because, you know, it's the same continent. So it was easy for us. Um, and, uh, but yeah, if it wouldn't be for my dad, it never, you know, would be happening that we were traveling a lot and trying to, to expose to different levels and races. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah. Christian Busto, thank you to him. The triathlon in Chile, you know, it was something that it become very popular. And um, maybe not so much as I said in, in the Olympic distance, but very much in the long distance and Ironman. Okay. So as you were as you were growing up, that he was very much like your the kind of icon of the sport at home, was he then? So and getting plenty of exposure and definitely, definitely. Um, as you said, even I guess we we used to have a lot of exposure in traveling in those days mm. especially in summer because traveling is a summer sport so other sports in summer are a bit more quiet so traveling was really you know in the media a lot a lot of the time and then you know we have a big band that's uh, Pukon 70.3 that's usually um now is part of ironman you know uh league but in that time it wasn't uh it was a funny distant i think it was like i don't know it was 1.6 swim uh 60 bike and uh 16 run mm-hmm. and even you know at the time you know the people like 
Paula Neufrasen, Mark Allen, uh, Tom Deboon, they will come and race, you know? And it was, for us, it was very motivated, you know? I remember watching, being racing on Friday, the Iron Kid, and then waiting for, for, for Sunday to watch these guys. And, you know, like, even that time, maybe Paula Neufrasen was just, you know, the, the champion of Kona. And she was just like next to us and we will see everything. And so, as I said, we were very lucky uh, to get to see these heroes very close um, while we were very young, you know, in the sport. Hmm. So there was a good amount of racing being held in Chile as well. Um... I would say not a few, the national level, but Pucón especially was just uh, an, like another level of racing in terms of like, even Mark Allen, they cut, oh, I don't know, many times he come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we have Chris McCollman, maybe five or six times. You have, we have Trey Walton and a lot of people that come, you know, because it was just um, a race that I think people um, really want to come and explore and see what was all about. And I think the scenery was just very unique. But so you obviously, you, you started out through the ITU channels, but then, so the longer distance stuff has also always been in there then from, from being, from very young. Uh, yeah, it could be, but luckily, you know, I, we got into the shorter distance, uh, and we, when we come at Olympic distance, I mean, Olympic, uh, event in Sydney, I, you know, it was, uh, I hoped that maybe one time we can go and qualify and, and make it. So I remember, you know, especially that this, uh, in the first Olympic, you know, Matthias Brain, the Chilean guy, even that he didn't qualify through the normal way, he still make it. And he actually, um, yeah, it was really cool. I can't remember exactly. I don't think so. It was live back in Chile on, the, on TV. Mm. But I remember, you know, the whole, because we were training the same club back in Chile so I remember he was like racing and everyone was really into it and uh, yeah I guess we have a big influence of uh, as well my national coach at that time Ana Maria he was really into you know shorter distance and you know Olympic dreams so Mm. I think I was very lucky to have that um, um, input in my career rather than you know trying to for too young you know move to long distance yeah. So how old would you have been then when he was, you know, this guy from, from your local club was getting ready to tackle the first ever Olympic triathlon. That must've been quite a moment for the, for you, for the club. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, can't remember exactly, but in the club is Universidad Católica. So the club actually Christian Bustos welcome from that, the same club. There was different coaches. I used always, my national coach was Ana Maria. He was a woman. And these other guys, after you turn, I think, 18 or 20, you move to the older, you know, squad. And that was running by a guy in that time was Martin Arias. And he was like the main coach in, in the club. Uh, so I never really trained with them, but it was always, you know, you will see them training sometime, you know, similar time. And it was, yeah, very inspiring. And um yeah, I guess, you know, you start to to get, you know, um, the feeling of 
what something it takes to really commit it to to be a professional athlete. Mm. And and without the sort of infrastructure and support of a national federation as it was then, or, or you know, certainly didn't probably have the resources of of many. How hard was it for you in terms of exposure to race formats to training techniques and and so on was it difficult yeah it was quite difficult uh, because you know at that time we were uh, three children um, and my dad want to always give the same opportunity to the three of us my younger brother is still racing Gaspar but um but yeah I think you know even I remember a few times he will be just spending his money to send us overseas. Mm-hmm. And then the school will call him and say, you know, you haven't paid the membership for your kid, you know. And he will try to, you know, jowling everything to trying to, to, you know, to do things to we still uh, be able to go to races, to go to, I don't know, Pan American Championship. South American Championship, you know, a few times we went to America for a training camp and we really see, wow, we, we are really ahead of what the, the other nation are in compare of us, like in terms of like technique or how they see triathlon. And, and yeah, I think I always very grateful of the passion my dad put in. And as I said, um, he could be having a more like cruisy and easy life rather than be really stressing ten of money and trying to find different place to get the funding for us to to keep developing. Hmm. And has that that sort of graft element, I suppose, that your dad had to, to keep you going in those early stages, is that something that you feel has kept you going as well? You know, it, it's a long time that you've been at the top and it's um you know, presumably within that time, there's been like highs and lows, you know, in every sense. But it's difficult to get the resources to keep going, right? It's not a it's not a cheap sport to to stay at the top of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but you know, I always, you know, as I as we talked before, I have spent a lot of time in Australia. I come to Australia, and I pretty much will say my professional triathlon career started when I moved to Australia. Um, focus for us was to go to a university to find a good squad and at the same time study some English because at that time I couldn't even say hello and <laughs> my name and anything so uh, so that's where I ended up in Wollongong University and then I met Jamie Turner and then I come back to Chile I 2007 I went to uni um, study nutrition and but then, you know, I was taking, you know, a part-time study and then um, training. And I thought I was doing the right thing. Then I went to three World Cup and I got lap. Uh, and then I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is another level. And then it, it really put you, uh, I remember in my first World Cup that I finished, that was TC. I was, I remember like next day I was swimming and I was oh, I should be the, like the happiest person because I finished my first World Cup. But actually, I was thinking, no, you know, this is not what I want. This is not. I don't want to finish second last. Uh, you know, and I think we put a lot of effort from my family, myself, and you know, my coach and 
I think something have to, I don't want to be mediocrity, you know, mm. uh, mediocrity study, mediocrity union sport. And then, you know, that's what I decided to, to move full time and train with Jamie. And then it was like maybe, maybe eight months before the Olympic of Beijing. And then we, he was very honest and and we have to have a strategy i wasn't capable to finish a world cup uh, so i wouldn't be able to qualify by the world cup ranking so they say okay you have the new flag okay let's go for that and at that time i was four in the ranking of america so the mexico was in front of me and we pretty much every single race until the qualification period closed it was like a fire like i mean like a war you know and that mentality it was you know I remember the first Conti Cup uh, early in, in January, in, uh, I think it was in Argentina. Um, I, I, I told myself, you know, this, is, this won't be easy. And I have, a, I have a really good swim. And I was in the front pack and the second, the Mexican girls that I have to beat were in the second pack. And I have a flat tire and I lost like four minutes. And, and uh, but then I think, some people ask me how you overcome from that moment. I was like, oh, you know what? I, for me, it wasn't a disaster or wasn't, I wasn't a victim of the situation. I said, well, uh, if I want to end the qualification, I have to give everything and fight for every single point and, and second. And so luckily uh, I come back from that deficit of four minutes and the last maybe 500 meter of the bike and then I give everything in the run and, and, and I beat them in that race. I think that was the second race out of six race. Um, but I think mentally that break them because pretty much I give away four minutes and I like give them four minutes. And before that, we were very even in the races and even they were better than me. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, I think the at- attitude was very like fundamental to to achieve that qualification because um it was just as i said i was a warrior i was just like you give you know 100 percent uh that day and if you die in the field you die and and uh yeah it was it was pretty cool it was um and as i said before i think i very grateful to have born in chile because if i would be born in australia another country probably I will not develop uh, my character as a person. I think when you go through experience in life, it's what develop your uh, temper, you know, your, your character, your personality. And, um, and that's something that I will be always very um, grateful of, of where I come from and, and how the journey been. Hmm. So that, <clears throat> that flat, tire and recovering from it was would you say like, I mean that was a fairly pivotal moment in your career would you say like that was one of the most satisfying finishes to a race that you've had in your career then I think it was one of the main races that one and another one that it was I think it was triple point it was the Pan-American championship sorry and if a contica will be give you 250 the Pan-American championship will give you 750 mm-hmm. and that I was these two races even that I did like six or seven 
these two races were fundamental to actually earn that qualification. The other one was in Mazatlan in Mexico. And I usually will swim with the Mexican, but this time it was very wavy, big wave. And I, I just got out of the water. I couldn't pass the, the wave and I got out of the water, I think a minute and a half from the best Mexican that was leading the ranking. And, and in my group were a lot of Mexicans. So if we got 10, 10 into a race, it would be like five Mexican working for two Mexican and I would be by myself. So in my part, it was Mexican, but they were actually going in the front to slow down the, the, the group. And in the front were like four girls and one of them would be the Mexican. So at the end of the bye was, I think, two minutes or two minutes something. And at that time, I said to myself as well, it's like, Barbara, you have to run the best ever 10K in your life. I knew that the race, it wouldn't be hard to win because it was at uh, that time a really good American and Canadian girls. But it was always... It's all it was all about trying to get as close as I could to the Mexican girl. So I remember I started running ten position and then I uh, moved to I think four fifth position, but the Mexican just been there for one spot, and that was pretty much after that race we have one more race. Um, but she, if we can't the point, it was impossible she overtook me. So then after she didn't even turn up to the last race. So I think these two races were crucial for, for Beijing Olympic qualification. And, and as I said, after that is where my country started to believe in me. And before that, World Triathlon was the one uh, that believed in me and gave me a scholarship in 2007. And because of that, I could, you know, go to Australia, uh, get access to a better coaching and really thinking, okay, what, what I need to do to be a better athlete and, and yeah, and invest pretty much in my career. So um, before that, I think I didn't have that mentality. So the impact of moving to Australia was, was pretty instant as well. I mean, to go from not, you know, hardly finishing the a world cup to, and Olympics within the space of 12 months and to do have a good performance at the Olympics? Well, the funny thing it's I said 2007, uh, I raced like three World Cup, which one I finished just one. So 2008, didn't really race World Cup. And my mindset or my mind space was, I hope I don't get lap in the Olympic. So that was like pretty much like, Luckily, the laps were like bigger, but it's still, you know, I was like, I don't want to get lapped in the Olympic. Uh, so we were really focusing the swim with my coach, Jamie Turner at that time. And I never was, I never been in Beijing before. So I didn't know what to expect of the course. Luckily, Jamie was the year before in a World Cup. So he knew exactly what to expect about, you know, temperature, humidity, water temperature. It was a big hill there um so yeah um so it's yeah yeah just want to finish the race don't get love and yeah trying to do my best with the pretty much all my heroes at the time you know and um yeah and i was really happy the way it finished and how i could handle everything yeah what kind of course was it out there and what what were the conditions like 
So it was um, very hot and humid. Mm -hmm. We raised, I think, seven or seven o'clock, something like that. Um, it was, I think, one big lap on the swim. Then it was, um, you know, blue carpet where you can feel if, I don't know, uh, um, if the air temperature was 30 something in that blue carpet, you could feel like 40 degree. But um, so that was where the transition was in the grandstand. And then you have a very hilly course, especially the first part was uh, uh, a long hill, then a bit rolling, then a, another hill. And then a big light descent. I uh, can't remember exactly how many laps were, but yeah, it was. Um, it was some strength involved there, some, you know, good climbing, mm. sure and sharp. And then you have to handle the humidity and the heat well. So we did some heat prep before because we prepared in Australia. That was winter. We did some um, heat prep uh, trying to simulate the temperature and the humidity. And I remember that was really tough. Uh, but I think it's probably very similar what we'll have to uh, face in Tokyo this year. So um, yeah, hopefully I bring some memory from there and I'm trying to get it right. And lining up in Beijing, you know, was that a feeling like no other? You know, is that one of those things that would be impossible to recreate? Yeah, definitely. You know, I remember um, you know, I watched the open ceremony in Australia and it was a pretty short flight. So we were just arriving, I don't know, four or five days before. Uh, I remember being in the village. It was, I don't know, it was the best option, but that's what my my, my country wanted. Mm -hmm. I couldn't change things. A lot of the Australian people were like just, I don't know, a few Ks from the star line uh, in a village there. Um, so yeah, in the village was uh, Olympic Village was pretty much um, yeah a few days before my race. Uh, usually the swimming swimming start earlier, uh, so I was in the in the swimming pool in the village because the whole facility of the game was amazing. It was understandable, and next to me was Mike Infeld, you know, and I just been watching him on TV. He probably have I don't know three three or four medals at the time, gold medals. And I was like, oh my God, he's he's a he's a hero and he's a human, you know, like he's real. And I remember watching him just chatting with someone else next to me in the next line. And yeah, it was just unreal. And uh, every time you go to, you know, to the diving room, you will see um, Stephanie Rice, Australia swimmer. She was winning everything at that time as well. And they were like in a very relaxed mood because they pretty much finished. Um, so yeah, it was just, as you said, a very um, incredible experience just to be in the village and then, you know, uh, focusing my race as well. It's hard when you are in a village, when you have a lot of sport, focus something in your race, because I feel is when you race World Cup, you know, you are with people that are, just focus one race there i feel you have so many climax you know like you know one race you have gold medal go are, are very happy you know in the diving room then uh but the traveling hasn't 
um, compete yet or I don't know, or the athletics, you know. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a very important to keep it focused and trying to don't get overwhelming because it's really easy to lose the focus. So you're being chased down by Emma and Lisa um, in that situation. What is your... It's the mentality like, right, I'm finishing this race for myself or I'm finishing this race for my coach or it's just, I'm just going to keep, yeah, I've just got to give it all I can. There's no, you know, you're not, you're not someone who's going to drop out then. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm a person that I always, <laughs> never been in the front park really. So always I'm a chaser, you know, so um, even that, I don't have a good race. I'm still trying to convince myself to give my best shot. Even that day, I feel 70% of my uh, potential. I still said, okay, you know, Barbara, just like, I, even in the race, you know, trying to give a second or third chance to myself. I said, okay, this didn't go right. Okay, keep going. You know, like, you don't know what will happen in five, 10 minutes. And, so um, I try to not be too emotional about um, about what is going on, and just trying to say, okay, just keep going and and give your your best shot. You know, I have some really good season, like 2010. I have a breakthrough season, you know, and even sometimes um, it, it it very special. For example, finish second last in 2009 in Gold Coast and then 2010 in Sydney win the race, you know, in a sprint finish. And that's that's unreal, you know, like I always dream to make a World Cup podium, but I never thought it would be, you know, so soon and, and in a World Series because World Cup is a World Cup and then World Series in another level. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just, and especially, you know, Sydney was so special because it was like 10 years after, you know, the Olympic Games and in the same, you know, finish shoot. And yeah, it was very special for me. And, and then, you know, 2011 was a good, you know, season as well. Um, I wasn't very happy with my result at London game uh, because a few things went wrong the, before the race. Uh, more like logistic stuff uh, but at the same time I learned a lot and again coming back that every experience has teach me something and that's what I like to take um, and as well when I chat with my coaches I always say oh okay this one didn't go the way we want us so we, we should learn from that reflect and move on um, and yeah I think um i am i'm open you know to always experience and and trying to read the sign of what life want to tell me in that moment it was like and and i think for me and for my family uh you know rio was something very special as well because um it kind of everything that we couldn't um uh, express in London we trying to make it right and 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 did it in, in Rio so um 
again, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Barbara, you could have, you know, saved yourself better in the, in the bike. Maybe you could be running better, you know? And I was like, no, I, you know, if you actually see the result, the last two years before the game, all the girls who beat me had beat me before. And, and, you know, I put myself as a contender up there. Um, you know, it could be a, like a breakaway in a, in a, I think two, two times that we have a little gap with Nicola and one time with Far as well. But again, um, I, the next day I couldn't even walk properly. And that, and that's t t told me, I mean, told me that I give everything. So it's, it's really easy to reflect, uh, you know, uh, if I give it here, you, you, if you didn't got dropped in the last lap on the run from the British. And I was like, it, it, the way it is, they were better. I give a hundred percent of what I got the day. And the next day I hardly could walk. And, yeah. and that said to me that, you know, uh, I give everything. Uh, people were talking about rating and they said, oh, Barbara, you know, I think it was the highest rating in the whole game. <laughs> and even, you know, when they have so opera, they always compare with so opera, you know, uh, on TV and they say, so I better rank in the so opera. And it's because, you know, UK, I walk away without a medal. And I think a lot of, we don't have many medals. So I think we don't have any gold medal at all. Or we have one, sorry, in tennis. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah, of course, they probably were wishing a medal. Um, but the way I, I fight, the way I, you know, put myself, you know, in the best position I, as I could over there, they were just so proud, you know. They said, oh, it's, it just made every single people, you know, like having goosebumps and, and just stay the two hours in front of the TV. and. And I think that is leave more than as a medal sometimes give, you know, hope, give some, um, it, it go through, uh, yeah, I, I think deeper into the people, like it actually leave a big legacy for a lot of people that don't even follow sport. It just give them hope, hope of a little person, I don't know, that is like me can do many things, you know, and it's, it's unlimited the way of how you want to move or, or aim for things. And you beat the soap. So, you know, maybe your own soap opera when you retire is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I soap opera. I hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you, do you get the sense that, uh, you know, obviously, your brother has been racing a long time as well. Diego Moya, Felipe, and Macarena, and so on. Um, you know what? Will, what is the next push that triathlon in Chile needs to to get the the next Barbara Hiveros? Uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of people um, try to replicate the same um, the same way or the same path I have done. So, you know, Felipe Brasa went to Australia. My brother went to Australia to the same coach, you know. And, but it's so many things in the equation that have to get right. 
to to see a person to see you know and and um none of them oh you see now they're racing but even more people try it follow exactly the same system but as i said it's a lot of things in the equation that you have to get right to to achieve it you know uh you know in many ways as well for them the door were already open so they don't as i said you you open a door and then through the process you build your character obviously last last year was you know unique in many ways but as far as being at this stage looking towards a new season how how are you feeling how are you approaching it compared to you know the last decade <laughs> Well, it's it's been really tough um, in terms of like 2018. I have a lot of injury. I tore my plantar, and it's been really hard to recover from that. And and as well, get into into close to my level. Um, uh, so dealing with injury has been tough. Um, trying to find some answer uh, in terms of coaching. Um, so. At the moment, I'm just trying to focus to qualify. Like if the ranking finished today, I'm qualified to the game. Uh, but um, we might, you know, race a few workouts before the game, so I have to defend the point there. And for me, um, I I want to be healthy. Uh, want to have consistent training, and that would make me, you know, happy and stronger as athlete. If I cannot achieve that. It, it's really hard for me to to perform my best level. So at the moment, I'm trying to find the path. I'm trying to to get back uh, and enjoy the sport and yeah, and qualify to my last game, I guess, if I do it. Well, Barbara, it's been great to catch up with you. Thanks ever so much for coming on. No, thank you. You know, it was a great. Uh, yeah, I always feel so grateful with our triathlon. And uh, yeah, if again, if it wouldn't be for, for you guys, probably I uh, will be just a nutritionist and, and not even uh, having a big dreams to to represent not just my country, but uh, all the people that have been this journey and have believed in myself. So yeah, thank you so much. Diego Moya is the 23-year-old from Santiago who had a breakthrough 2019 with a first World Cup podium in Antwerp. One of the strongest swimmers out there, consistency has brought success and now the push for an Olympic place is well and truly on. So Diego, how are you? Hey, uh, all good, thank you. Thank you for this invitation and this opportunity to to share a little bit of me. Are you, you're in Chile right now, yeah? Yes, yes. Now I'm at my parent house. So it's really good to be here. And yes, very simple. <laughs> they do everything for me, so that's good. <laughs> nice. And yeah, you were you were brought up in Santiago, is that right? Yeah, so we live in the capital of Chile. Yeah. So it's a little bit complicated to train because for the traffic, and it's a big city, but where we train is like, in the mountains so we have we have quite good road through train and it's beautiful and so i train with a club um, in the name is triathlon Use. so in there we have the pool the the track session so i live really like 10 minutes from from my house so it's perfect 
and and have there been some local races you've been able to do as well or has it really just been training all the way uh just training we we supposed to do some like national champ and another races but they all suspended because of the covid so we're just training for the future so you know as a young man growing up in santiago how how did you come to discover triathlon and, and you know how easy or hard was it to to find people to train with and to train you and so on okay so i started running actually for my school at i don't know uh, seven years old so that was my like my sport running for the school and then i tried swimming uh, and i joined a club near my school so with my mom we realized that we have the run and the swim so we're just missing the bike and then i joined a competition a duathlon and i went very well uh, i didn't uh, win but i really enjoyed it and i saw this all this club uh, with with the, the uniform and it was a really new world for me so we start to investigate and we saw this big club triathlon Use, and i tried to 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 see how it's go so since since i was 10 years old i start training in in the same club triathlon Use. so since then to now i'm still training there with the same coach so they really see this progress and it's perfect for me because i have a lot of trust and that's the most important thing for to be a good athlete i think well yeah tell us a bit about the coach about your coach i when i i joined the club uh, my like head coach didn't uh, she didn't like care about me because i was young he had she had other responsibility with the elite athlete in that moment I, and then yeah was with uh, i still training with another coach but from the same club so we yeah i had a lot of friends and then when i was 16 17 uh, i changed my coach to the head coach and in that group was felipe barraza uh, my other teammate so in that time I start to like see this competitive world of triathlon. I start to travel and South American Championship, Pan American, and the World Cup. And my head coach say, "Okay, now you you can train with us." So from from that moment, I like I see big step. And also with Felipe Barraza, he teached me a lot of things. It was amazing because he had a lot of experience so it was perfect for me yeah you like you said you were doing the sort of south american circuit a little bit right in as a junior um yeah. which in that in 2016 finished up in cozumel was that you know your first experience of a race of that sort of scale and size and so on and, and how was that as a as a young young man coming through in the sport yeah. It was really, really like um, I was I was chugging because I didn't know what to to go to because all the South American champ the level is really uh, it's different. We just prepare for the running, not for the swim or the bike. And when I I went to the this um, to Gold Coast, I realized that it, it wasn't just swimming and running; it was also the bike. So in the bike, I suffered like hell. <laughs> I couldn't like uh, stay in the first pack. 
and I dropped to the second and then I had to run with with I had left and it was a good place for me uh, 13 so then I realized that okay the, the, the level outside of South America is completely different so I need to uh, start to focus on that and and then I start the training camp on in Portugal so and have that feeling in the races with the European guys and from the other parts. So that was a really big change for me to realize the level of the bike that they are riding right now. Mm. Yeah, so 2017, you then kind of, was, was that your first experiences in Europe and, and those races? And obviously, so 2017 was, was Rotterdam, was the grand final. Uh, yeah, you're right, Rotterdam. That was my first uh, world champ as junior. Yeah, right, right. But Cozumel 2016 as well, no? Uh, Cozumel. Ah, yeah, Cozumel, you're right. Cozumel was, yeah, 16. Then 16. Rotterdam, junior. After, yeah, Cozumel, I didn't do, uh, did like I supposed to do. So then Rotterdam, I had the same feeling that I didn't do my best. So then in, in Gold Coast, I said, okay, if I not finished top 15, I don't know if I'm capable to, uh, I don't know if I'm good enough to be part of this sport because I have to put like limits. Mm. So then in, in Gold Coast, I did pretty well, finishing uh, 13. So I, I decided to full uh, give my 100% to the uh, triathlon and not to study. So from that moment, I start to, to do better in the races. And did, you know, that decision, that finally, that, you know, that moment where you're like, this is it now, this is what I'm pursuing. Um, I mean, to start with, that must have felt amazing to know that this was what you were going to dedicate yourself to. And then to follow that with what was a great start to 2019, right? I mean, well, Antwerp was yeah. what came in June, but, um, you know, I was there, I spoke to you shortly after that race in the interview <laughs> yeah. and like the, the just the joy of the moment for you was clear that, yeah, that's right. But yes, it's, it's, it's also difficult for the athlete or for a person like for me, say, say to my parents, okay, I'm going to dedicate to the sport because here in Chile, we are, uh, we are not used to do that. You're supposed to study and do triathlon, but as a hobby. Mm -hmm. So when I took that decision, my parents, uh, of, of course, they support me. And, but yeah, they say, okay, try we we can we we will support you try for two three years and then let's see how it goes so in that moment i have the support of my parents so that also give me like an extra power to do the thing better because mm -hmm. it was not just for me also for my family for my coaches so it was a, like a big um, a team to support me can you remember you know that that feeling that that first time on the podium presumably it's the sort of thing that you want to remember pretty yeah, clearly yeah. but and it's a tough course that as well right yeah it was really tough the, the cobblestone was it was my first race with cobblestone so i didn't say know how to do that in that, in that race but it was amazing i mean i i still can uh, like thinking that i came third i really explode my mind in that moment and also, I had really good company for that race, my teammate, uh, some friends. So also, 
it was a really special moment in that race. Not just running for me, also running for my my friends. Hmm. When 2020 is supposed to be, you know, that that moment of full punching through and it, to, to have the, the brakes put on like that, how hard has that been to, to deal with? Um, for me, not that much of a pressure, actually. Uh, I'm just taking like really calm. Uh, that's right that I was like with the fluence of the races and the big goal of uh, 2020 Olympic Games. So mm. that was like my my goal. But then with the pandemic, uh, we start to realize that, okay, I'm still young. Uh, and this year of, of like, Freezing, freezing year, let's say that. Uh, say we, we, it's better for me because I'm the youngest, so it's better for me training more and prepare better for the next races. So, yes, I had a really good like experience of the races, but I just I was just taking fun, enjoy the sport, and not really focus on the on the result. Just mm-hmm. racing because it's what I love actually. So <laughs> that's that's. That's the goal. Do what you love. So as soon as uh, Hamburg was was back on the schedule, there was never any doubt. Then you were like, right, that's I, I, you got to get on that start line. Yeah. So when we was in quarantine, we of course we tried to figure out some races, and then when Hamburg was on, we just the same day we write to the federation. Okay, I want to go that race and see the level and how we're preparing. Uh, since we we stopped um, the calendar so that was a really really tough race it was like my first uh, let's say elite elite race because it was Vincent Louis Bradley so for me it was difficult I came with six weeks of just swimming because we had lockdown and I didn't have a pool to train in my house so it, it was just about the bike and run and yeah, I had the chance to swim six weeks and then the race. Mm. And still, I'm really happy about uh, that result and really give me uh, a note like what I have to improve to be in that level. And that's just the bike for me. Mm. <laughs> I need to improve that. And that's, that's going to be my focus of this year. And since that race to now. And even that experience of just coming out of the water so close to Ali Brownlee and Vincent Luis, right? And yeah. and Yeah, of course. I mean to to see like it's not it's completely different to see in a stream to compete with them. So I really know what I have to improve to be part of the first pack. So because I had the stream but I didn't have the legs of keep in the in the bicycle to learn to the run. So that was to me a big run, like what I've taken back home and it's just improved the bike. You have that power to be with them. Mm. So is this like, is that purely uh, like volume you've been doing since then? Like, you know, to try and, to try and up that, that level specific sort of power. Yeah, yeah right. It's like volume, uh, volume, but. Uh, no, just riding uh, uh, 200 watts or 150, 170. Just riding, but hard. Like 250, 250 watts. 
that's why I'm going to achieve it. Like that's my goal to to in I don't know if I have a uh, five hours of just writing. Uh, hopefully, be in that uh, power average, mm-hmm. and then in because now we're doing a long training, but then we were um, in a specific, especially for the race, we start to do some uh, fast and more power training. So it's it's like yeah, more more building in in the in the bike on the bike. And what is what is left? in terms of achieving the uh, Olympic qualification? Uh, well, now I have the new flag, the um, new flag invitation. Mm-hmm. That's on my name. So that's like a good relief. And because I, I don't have to be like praying uh, to have one race because now they're canceling everything. Yeah, right now it's, it's my name. So I'm really happy. <laughs> so that will be a really good goal and achievement for me and for my family and for my uh, my teammates. But uh, now, if we have an, a new race, I need to be there. Like I have to defend that position. Mm-hmm. So that's my next um, uh, my next goal for the next races. Like to be there and finishing better than my other rivals uh, that they're trying to do that they they're trying to get the new flag position we i have the, i have to be an argentina guy and a colombian colombian guy so i have to see if they go in that race i have to be there and try to beat them whatever it takes and also i have the support of one teammate that he's a really good swimmer so in any race we will try to get away from from the swim and try to win the race so mm-hmm. We're really focused on that plan and also be calm. Like if I have to go to the Olympic, I will go. And if I don't have to go, I, I won't. I mean, I still have a lot of years of, of more exp- uh, training, preparation. So I'm not really like pressure or anxious to, to get to the Olympics right now. And how is the, the, the general chilly triathlon landscape at the moment um you know you mentioned Felipe. obviously he's been a big influence on you and uh, you know people like gaspar and so on coming through as yeah. well there's, there's a good good amount of talent coming through yeah also, yeah we all start with barbara riveros and she also trained in where i try now in triathlon but when she was younger in a junior mm-hmm. But yeah, I also I always had these uh, friends. They they are uh, with me in the training, but it's quite different because it's different volume intensity. But I am I'm always with someone because it really helped me mentality because it's a really tough sport. But yeah, we have a lot of like new. Uh, New, per- new people that they're coming from, from other places. So it's a bit, um, they have all the same opportunity as me to be um, racing with a neat athlete. So hmm. I have a lot of faith in, in them. They just need to do, to believe in the coach and do what they have to do. Nothing more. It's, I think it's really simple actually. 
uh, anyone can do it. So it's not like you have to born with that talent. I think everyone can do uh, any sport and really good. Just need to believe in what they're doing. Is Barbara, is she someone that, you know, has have your paths crossed over the years in recent seasons? Is she someone that will kind of say hello and, and check in and how you're doing and so on as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're from the same country, so uh, of course we are like um, teammates. And when if I need something, I will count on Barbara. And if she needs something, she will count on me. So, but yeah, we don't have that like ex, uh, super feeling because she's another place and I'm here. So, but um, we're from the same country and we always count on her and she's also a good reference. And I really admire her for what is, what is she still doing, like competing and be one of the best of the world. And if the World Cup calendar you know as planned sort of begins to kick in 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 may with you know azicena and lisbon and so on will you are they ones that you'll be heading for or straight ahead like actually now i'm 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 gonna write to my federation and say let's get me there whatever it takes because i need to be there ready for the race so that's like um some that's my goal if the that race is still on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see you there then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks very much for coming on. It's been great to to talk. No, thank you. Yeah, thanks you and sorry if my English doesn't understand but I try my best. I will practice more but thank you very much for this opportunity. Do check out the full video versions of the recent Hayden Wilde and Jake Burt Whistle podcasts and the new Going Beyond series on triathlonlive.tv. Thanks for listening.